Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And what a morning we've had this morning, eh, Ori? This is unbelievable. Mick, you have not taken the smile off your face since you got out of that very special car that you drove this morning. And what was it? We've got Peter with us, a proud owner of a nut and bolt restored 1972 LJ GTR XU1. Absolutely unbelievable, Peter. Welcome to Mick and Ori's. Thanks, guys. Good to see you. And Pete, the smile isn't as large on Pete's face because it's the first time he's ever let anybody drive that car since he's owned it in 1997, was it? That's about right. And I was the first person lucky enough to sit in the rear seats of that vehicle. So, Peter, thank you very much. Yes, thank you to you, You but it was a stressful morning, boys. (laughs) I wasn't that bad of a driver. I did all right, didn't I? You were an excellent driver. (laughs) But anyway, we had some fun and uh, look, the car, when it rolled into, you know, through the laneway into our house, it looked immaculate. Well, it is immaculate, you know, the green, the original green. And tell us, Peter, when you bought it though, it was, you know, resale red. So it was the uh, thing done in the 90s. People painted all their cars red. Uh, I bought the car uh, fully painted, a really good paint job, but I wanted the original uh, colour on the car, so... Uh, it's a long story with that one. Uh, had it uh, soda blasted to get the original paint back on it. Of course, the car had a hit. It wasn't straight and then started the uh, full rotisserie restoration. And from there, Peter, it's unusual. You bought that in the late 90s, all right, and you bought it red. It's unusual that people wanted to take it back to the original colour back then. It wasn't the done thing. Everyone painted their cars red and... Uh, um, I just had this thing about having originality. So uh, probably a little bit before my time in a sense because everyone's going back to original now. And uh, I just wanted that original colour. Pete, I want to go back even before that. What made you want that car? What made you want an XU1? So uh, a ripe old age of uh, 12 years of age, I watched uh, Brocky win his first Bathurst and take on the GTHOs of uh, Alan Moffat and co., so we're talking, just to put the listeners in perspective, we're talking the major endurance race of Australia, the Bathurst or the Hardy 500 or whatever they call it now. Um, now, they had all sorts of cars from the Cortinas to Minis to Fords and Monaros and all that. And the XU1 was a small car. And continue, Peter. Yeah, so it was a, a small car, a six-cylinder, small body, uh, big brakes. So it took on the might of the... Uh, all-powerful, uh, all-conquering uh, Falcon uh, with its uh, uh, nimble handling and uh, uh, very good uh, braking uh, capabilities. It did beat the uh, Falcon and uh, Peter Brock won his first uh, major race, the uh, Bathurst. Uh, thereafter, um, I sat down I said, I've got to have one of those cars and, uh, well, I've got one now. And how old were you, sorry, when that Came into mind. The dream came true. Yeah, yeah. 12, no, 12 years of age. 12 years old when 12, he wanted it. 12 years old when he but wanted it. But then from there to the dream coming true, and you stayed on that line too. Yeah, I did is- stay on that path. Uh, my first car was a Tirana, uh, a four-door. Obviously, I couldn't afford a XU1, well, nor the insurance. So that would have been an LC maybe? Uh, LJ. LJ still. LJ, yep. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the ultimate goal was the XU1. Uh, and uh, uh, they're a bit out of the reach for some people now, which is a bit sad because the prices are crazy and uh, – a lot of people won't get to enjoy uh, what I've got. Well, I certainly enjoyed it today, Peter. You know, we took it for a fairly long drive, you know, to the beach and back and through roundabouts. And look, I loved it. Yeah, I'm glad I could see the smile on your face. And uh, it was actually a different perspective for me sitting in the passenger seat. 
but uh, uh, yeah, I, in, I actually enjoyed it as a passenger. Um, it was uh, it was great. And tell us, you know, some of the things that you know through the nut and bolt restoration. So when you bought it, you straight away went to restore it. Oh, uh, straight away went to change the colour. When I found some uh, damage that uh, needed extra work, I thought, well, that's it. So I actually uh, didn't drive it. I just stripped the whole car um, and then went through absolutely everything. So every clip. Wiring, loom, uh, brakes, suspension, engine, gearbox, differential, axles, uh, every part of that car has been um, um, looked over, replaced uh, and restored. And we're, we're saying that 1997 restoration or purchase to restoration finished in 2015. My question to you is, this is a dream that you've always wanted to own. You finally get it and you don't drive it. You pull it apart. Uh, yeah, that's what it was like <laughs> and uh, I... Uh, I'm a little bit uh, over the top with how I want things done, so uh, it had to be perfect. Um, there were periods where I put things together, wasn't happy, pulled it all apart again, and and therein lies the story. You're uh, a patient so. man. You're well, a patient man. I suppose, Peter, you were a bit fortunate to have have, have other cars so that you could still enjoy why you had this one. Uh, yeah, that's true. So I've got a few uh, cars in the stable, um, you know, all GM. So uh, Dad worked at Holden's, and I'm a uh, Holden GM tragic, and uh, you know the rest is history. I have owned a few Alphas though, so uh, I enjoy them as well. They were short-lived. The Alphas uh, got a bit frustrated with the maintenance, was it? Well, we all do, but they're great cars to drive. Yeah, certainly, and that's the thing I like about some of these. Uh, you know, we will call this. I suppose it's not really a muscle car because it's not a V8, but it beat the muscle cars. So we can say it's what they called it, the giant killer, as you said. It was a giant killer. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll take uh, humbrance of that. Yeah, no, it is a muscle car. (laughs) Okay, so all right, we'll call it a muscle car. So you were telling us, Pete, while we were driving, so built by GM, but the platform was from... It was a Vauxhall Viva uh, and basically came to Australia. Then the Holden engineers uh, did their magic. They extended the front, strengthened the, uh, the body and shoehorned a six-cylinder into it, and then a racing car was born. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, what made it an XU1? GTR was the sports version. The XU1 option was a 17-gallon tank, a big fuel tank, which takes up most of the boot. So there is no boot space with the spare tyre and the fuel tank. Uh, big brakes. The brakes are off the HG Monaro. Triple carburetors, uh, big brake booster, uh, different camshaft, uh, headwork, exhaust system, suspension, yeah, full instrumentation. So there was it was quite a bit. Yeah, one of the interesting features of the X1, it's the rear track is is quite narrow compared to the front. So the front is a lot wider. Uh, is that right? Yeah. So it's a just a. So it actually narrows back down towards the end. Yeah, and they did that for for the track. Did uh, they, just or? how they were, and uh, uh, they they uh, they did widen the track for handling a bit, but the back the back is actually quite a bit narrower than the front track. Could be aerodynamics testing back then. They still did it. They did testing back. Back, yeah, in the 70s. Yeah, it's not so much aerodynamics, but just the way the, the chassis was laid out and uh, they needed to get the six-cylinder into it as well. So yeah, oh, so that could be why too. Pump it out a bit. Yeah, and, because they uh, originally came with four cylinders, didn't they? Yeah, so when you start looking at those things, they, it's, a, it's a bit unusual. There's some unusual um, aspects about that car. Well, one of the unusual things, and you, while Mick was driving and I was sitting behind the driver, we're sitting to the left. We're actually sitting more central than you are to a normal driving position. Yeah, the steering wheel is offset to the left. Uh, the pedals are in the centre of the seat uh, with the driver, but the steering wheel is actually off to the left. Driving, you don't notice it, but looking at it, you do notice it. It's quite 
Uh, yeah, because did you notice that Mick driving it until well, we pointed I, it I, out? I, when he pointed it out, I noticed. You can feel it's a little bit different, but you don't actually pick up why. What I did feel was different is the reach of the gears. It's a four-speed gearbox, beautiful gearbox. The, uh, you know, it must have done an immaculate job on the gearbox because it was so smooth. But your reach, my hand, you know, I needed monkey arms to be able to to reach them. But once you get the once you get the rhythm. It was superb. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, and I'm not uh, uh, big in stature either, so I've got reasonably short arms. So you have to reach to uh, go from first to second. But uh, I uh, tend to get through the gears pretty quickly, so it's yeah. not much of a problem. Well, it is a close ratio gearbox too. I think it's yep. it's pretty good in that regard. And on the road, I was really really impressed because my last recollection of driving one was an LJ, but was a, a four-door standard, bottom-of-the-range, probably had the 186 motor, maybe the 161, I can't remember back then, the cubic inch. But it was three on the tree, you know, three on the column, heavy clutch. Um, but I th- And the steering wheel was the oblong steering wheel. So, you know, when you sort of the returns back, your hands are going up and down with the steering wheel. And that was really terrible to drive. And like you said, Peter, what was the geometry of the front wheels and that they used to collapse on some of the cars yeah they used to roll over basically when you had full lock so that's just part of the uh, steering they had a rack and pinion steering system which is really good for handling but when it came to parking yeah they're a little bit a uh, little bit odd and looked odd too when you had them on full lock however the xu1 is different is it uh, no, it's similar um yeah i'm not sure they got it they have different ratios over the steering and everything so and different suspension setup so the upper arms are in a different spot so there, there are quite some differences so uh, not quite as noticeable as on the, or should we call it the poverty pack? That's what that's what we called them, you know. Back yeah. then, that's what I the owned. Entry level pack. That was yeah. my first run. It was the uh, poverty pack. Yeah, the poverty pack. So the suspension in this one, Peter, it, you know, was very smooth on the road, going around the corners naturally, not not too spirited driving, but you know, it felt really good. Have you done anything with the suspension? The suspension is basically the it's very similar to what it came out with the factory, except that it's got gas. Um, shock absorbers on it so gas filled instead of oil filled so in the early 70s there was no gas filled shock absorbers they were um, all oil filled um, so apart from that um, you know the springs the the uh, settings of course they're new springs but I've kept the car basically to its uh, its original specs there's a couple of fans though at the front so there's the so the changes in the car uh, I've put thermo fans on it. The uh, XU ones tended to heat up, and I wasn't going to take a chance uh, with any overheating with the car. Um, so uh, the I've done a couple of other modifications. One, the other one was the clutch. I've got a hydraulic clutch slave cylinder on it. Um, the originals had a, uh, a set, series of levers that that tended to break. I had two break um, early on in the piece, so I've made a couple changes, but nothing to take away from. I can take it back and put it to original uh, any time I like. So the carbies and the carbies. Well, of course uh, they came out with Strombergs, and the the two chaps sitting next to me here will be happy that I've got Webers on the car. Uh, that sounds fantastic. Uh, so the Webers, uh, I've got my Strombergs at home, manifold everything. They could just be bolted back on, but Strombergs, if you tend to sit with the car for a while, they will leak, and uh, with as whereas the Webers don't. So. Um, you know the car doesn't get driven every week so I've got the webs on it of course I've got the original manifold and carburetor so all the original equipment's there uh, ready to bolt on at any time and it looks immaculate inside looks and out sounds immaculate we'll have some photos it's and some short videos but it really really is good there's a couple of things that you know I want to point out 
Pete, you're an enthusiast like we are, and the beauty is, you know, you're meticulous when it comes to your car. It's obviously well maintained because you can just turnkey start it whenever you want. You don't drive it often, like you said, but it's ready to go whenever. So you obviously keep maintenance up and look after the car. Yeah, I do. I'm I'm really uh, fastidious and fussy, um, and uh, I just like uh, cars. I like them. I love cars. I don't care what sort of car it is. I like all cars, and and uh, I may be a Holden GM fan, but um, I've had uh, I've had Fords, Chryslers, Chargers, you name it. Alphas, European Corvettes. cars, Corvettes, you know, the whole myriad. But um, I just love cars. and uh, But you have to maintain them and have to look after them. And uh, you want it reliable when you go for a cruise. Correct. And we've talked about that. Make sure that it is well maintained so you can get in there and drive. Now, Peter, I noticed with some of the cars that you've mentioned, most of them are, are classics or modern classics. There's no, no real sort of uh, new supercars or anything like that. What about a new Mustang or something or... Yeah, well... Uh, or should yeah. I say Camaro, sorry, in your case. So I'll tell you what I, I really like in the new cars is the new Corvette, the mid-engine. Um, oh, the CV8. The, 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 yes, the, the C8. C- C8. And uh, the uh, next uh, sports model will have a flat plane crank 5.5 litre, which is very Ferrari-esque. That's right. The old, my, my Dinos have got the flat plane crank. And a very different sound. So um, um, they're racing that particular car at the moment. So if you hear that on the track, it actually does sound like that the screeching, you know, 8,000 RPM uh, type of engine. So uh, it's going to be a modern classic. I, th- I don't know if it's going to be a classic because there'll be thousands of them on the road, but... Uh, That's I do the a- thing, actually, isn't it? Actually, to that point, how many Tirana XU1s did they make? Do we do we know the manufacturing numbers? Uh, there wasn't that many. Um, I think uh might have been 2,000, perhaps, maybe 2,500. Small numbers. Yeah. How many real ones would be around now? Well, there's probably more non-real cars than... Uh, yep. Than real cars, and and the reason for that is with the XU1 82911 was a prefix for a GTR, and the XU1 option came on top of that. If you get the uh, car checked through GM and get an authenticity letter, then you will see which is and which isn't an XU1. Uh, but a lot of the GTRs, people just uh, upspec them. Uh, but if you do get the uh, the build details through Holden's, you will see which is the uh, one with the XU1 option. But, yeah, there's a lot of fakers around, a lot. And, and there's something really unique about your car because it was built here in South Australia at the GM factory. How many owners? Uh, it's had, from what I know, uh, I'm the fourth owner. All, um, all South Australian-based yeah, owners? Yes, the car hasn't left South Australia. Uh, delivered by City State Motor City, which is long gone. Um, but um, Still got the original sticker on the back yeah, of the vehicle. Yeah, we, we traced that down and put that up. So, uh, yeah, delivered in Adelaide. Uh, City State, the first owner was in Port Augusta. There you go. It's never left South Australia. That is brilliant. And also, we noticed, remember the registration the sticker? The original registration sticker. So that that looks us. great. Yes, so we found uh, there's a company in Victoria that actually uh, replicates the original stickers. And um, um, so my car is a 1972, and the expiry sticker is uh, 73, obviously, for 12 months. So I tracked that down and had the details put on it uh, just for authenticity. Um, it does look good. It, you know, it sets it off with the stickers you got on there and also the one on your on the rear. rear. The dealer sticker. Not only the dealer sticker, but the Australian made. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's got the Australian yeah, made Yeah, there's not there. much of that going on anymore, guys, uh, unfortunately. So there was uh, a lot of expertise, a lot of great engineers in Australia and they've gone by the wayside. So There's uh, something, now we're, you're talking about the ca- back of the car and we opened up the boot and we saw the big fuel tank sticking out so there wasn't much room in the boot. But then you guys pointed out something else, which I was unaware of, and the colour of the paint of the 
inside of the yeah. So this uh, uh, so what happened? So you know, again, we're talking about authenticity. What Holden's used to do uh, at the end of the day, they would get because the the bottom and the engine bay were painted uh, black, but they would get every other color, mix it with the black, so they wouldn't waste paint, and you ended up with uh, dark grey, bluish greys, all sorts of different colors. I actually got a sample of the original paint and had it uh, copied. So when you open the boot and the engine bay, it's it's almost a grey blue, very dark, but you can it's not black. It's not black, but uh, that's amazing. So you were able to pick a, a panel that you did have on the car that was actually that color and had it uh, scanned or matched or whatever they yeah, used exactly the spectrum right, yeah. or whatever. They it was actually did. behind the heater box, so it never never was faded because it was uh, sort of locked away. So we had the color and I used that. And uh, we replicated that, and uh, um, away we go. And, and, you know, the photos, unfortunately, hopefully the video does a little bit more justice, but the photos most probably won't do the justice to see how immaculate the paint job is on this XU1. And it, it was, was done, what, 15 years ago. It was actually painted in 1999, and uh, uh, Theo from so Theo's more than Prestige 15 years Painting ago. Panel. Yeah, yep. 22 and, uh, years ago. So, sorry, Peter, we'll cut you off. <laughs> no, no, it's so fine. We get excited because yeah. it's a uh, Yeah, I've got to chime in and uh, and thank Theo and Tanya at Theo's Prestige Paint and Panel. The guy is a genius. He is uh, absolutely superb at what he does. He painted my car in 1999 and it's like it was painted yesterday. It's immaculate. Well, that's that's good to hear, Peter, because my, my Dino 77's there and uh, hopefully it's going to get some paint on it one day. Yeah, it and uh, if it comes out anywhere near yours, I'll be wrapped. Well, we know what it's going to look like after 22 years, that's well, for sure. Well, that is pretty good. <laughs> 22 years, you'd think that that was done last year. That was unbelievable. Yeah, very happy. Yeah, so with uh, with your other cars, I'm interested in some of the others. I think you've got an older GM or Holden. No, actually, I won't say GM because that's actually one of the early Holdens. Yeah, I've got a uh, 48 215, a 1949 model, which is the second model year of the first ever Holden. A little bit rare in that the first year and a half of those cars had the rear uh, door lock knob at the rear of the door, not the front of the door. After the first year and a half, they removed that knob from the back and put it at the front of the door because the driver could not reach over and open the rear, unlock the rear door. So mine is one of the originals with the door lock button at the rear of the rear door. Uh, so someone like me with short arms actually can't reach over and open it. I have to climb over the seat. Oh, well, don't let him in. Don't so. worry about it. <laughs> How but often th- would you drive that? I've, uh, oh, uh, once a month, take it out for a bit of a drive. I actually love driving it. It's There's nothing in it. It's just got a start button and a key and a choke. And a speedo. A speedo and a fuel gauge. And so it's actually got a start button. It's got a button. So this is where it all came from. All the new cars looked at the FX and said, I've got to have one of those buttons. A, I never knew that. I a lot of the early cars, I mean, you take yeah. the old Fiats, they've got start buttons as well. Wow. I yeah. never knew that. And with with the um, FX, I mean, that's that's in black. That's all original. You bought that. You didn't restore that or anything. You bought I it bought like that. I bought that restored. Um, interesting thing, it had uh, cloth seats in it. And I thought all of the early cars had red leather. When I um, looked into the history of it, it was actually a cloth-seated car because in 1949 there was a shortage of leather. When uh, Holden's ran out of leather, they would trim the seats in cloth. And mine is actually a cloth car from the factory. So original cloth. And is that a local car only, never left South Australia? It was a South Australian car, but it went to Victoria and the guy over there restored it, the guy I bought it from, uh, for his daughter's wedding. And uh, I bought it. And it's back in South Australia now, and I uh, used it with my for my daughter's wedding as well. So, okay. And the FX for the listeners, uh, our 
overseas listeners, it's basically, if I can be rude about it, it's it's a big Morris Minor. In a sense, it's exactly what it looks like. It, it just yeah, looks like that it's, shape. it's that shape. Um, we'll have some photos. Hopefully, you've got some photos that we can uh, put up. Yeah, absolutely. But it does. I mean, on the on the hoist, it looked great. It looked unbelievable. So that car there um, had a six cylinder. So uh, unusual for its time. Most of the cars in Australia had four cylinders. A lot of them were British motor vehicles. There were some American cars, of course, but it was a reasonably compact car and uh, had a six cylinder engine, though. So uh, so that that was a, a one. Three one. What uh, it was, was it? No, it was a, a one three two. So sorry, one three eight was the later. They changed the capacity, but I think it was a one three two. Okay, that's one three two cubic, cubic inches. inches which yeah. I don't know what it is in cc's, but so, it might so be. quite powerful. Um, you know, economical um, and uh, quite a good car. In fact, it's enjoyable to drive. So how long have you owned that? I've had that one for about four years now. Okay, yeah. Oh, it's that, a it's recent some, acquisition then. Yeah, it yeah is. so is that something you always wanted to own or did it just come up and you thought, wow, this would be cool Oh, there's own. a story behind everything. My dad's first car was a, a 48 215 or an FX Holden, so there's a nostalgia, hence why I own a HQ Premier. My dad's first new car was a HQ Premier, so I've got one of those that I'm doing up as well. So you're restoring that. So is that going to go back to original also? Yeah, all original. So that was an eight or a six? Six-cylinder, 202. 202. Trimatic. Okay. You know, well, the XU1's a 202. It is, yeah. A uh, slightly different engine than what yeah, the, I'm, I'm what, sure it is. What the Premier's got. That, and the pre- tri- that Premier, sorry, the, sorry, Mick, that Premier, it was like a grey colour. Was that the original colour? Yeah, it's a metallic silver. Wow, okay. Yeah. Looks, looks great in the photo. It yeah, does so. look good in the photo. But uh, compared to the XU1, the yeah, shape, I just like the XU1, the GTR XU1, I like the size, the... Um, the manoeuvrability of it, it's it, it's my type of car. Yeah, the design cues you'll note are very similar to the Camaros of the early 70s. So the, the rear lights and the front nose, although much smaller, the design cues are off the Camaro. So, uh, yeah, when you look at it, you think, oh, geez, yeah, there's a there's a uh, similarity. And of course, uh, engineers came from the US to Australia and uh, you can see the, uh, the, the clues there. And it's surprising that, you know, back then – you know, they put in a car like that for the big races after they had the bigger Monaros, the two-door Monaros and the Ford, you know, for Holden to come up and say, look, we're going to go and try and win Bathurst with a with a smaller car. It was really smart thinking because nimble, smaller, into the corners easier, knowing driving Brakes. those, those – Correct. Because were, weren't the BMWs racing then also, the little BMWs? Yeah, they were, and as were the Alphas. And Cortinas. Yeah, the early GTVs, Cortinas. Cortinas, yes, yeah. Uh, the, the thing about the Tirana, it did have a, a rather large capacity six-cylinder engine, you know, 3.3 litres, whereas those other cars were running much smaller capacity, you know, two-litre, uh, maybe 2.2, 2.4. Yeah. Uh, that, had a, that had a lot more capacity. So this may be a bit of an unfair question, because it's like asking which one's your favourite child, but... Which of your cars in your collection do you really always puts that smile, that childhood boy dream? Oh, I've got a few you know, cars, but it is the XU1, yeah. Yeah, I would guess it would have to be the XU1. I mean, um, some of the other ones, you've got a C5 Corvette as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great car. Um, that's very different. Obviously, it's modern. Um, it's supercharged, very fast. It's just under 500 kilowatts at the wheels. Um, and it's um, you know, you've got to be on full alert with that car. And the good thing about that, 500 kilowatts at the wheels, and you were telling us that it's it's a manual. 
It's a manual, six-speed. Uh, You've done some it, work to it. Yeah, I've done some work to it. I had to, I had to strengthen up the drivetrain, but with um, cars like that, uh, parts out of the US are quite cheap in comparison to what you pay in Australia. So performance stuff out of the US for US-built cars, prices are very, very reasonable. Actually, that's a good point. Is it easy to find parts for the uh, for the Tirana and for the older? Uh, Tirana, there's some stuff that's um, uh, reproduced, but oh, it's much easier with American cars. In, a, in America, you can buy anything for anything just about. Yeah, the Mustangs, I mean, they, yeah, as we've said before, a Mustang, you can buy all the parts and build a Mustang. Same with the Camaros. Whereas, yeah. you know, the Monaros or the Fords, the Aussie stuff. It's difficult. It's very difficult. Yeah, and it? much more expensive. Yeah. And Absolutely. hence why the restorations are so more expensive and that's why the values are there when they are fully restored. Yeah. And and really, the values are there when the originality is there, you know, the matching numbers, all that sort of stuff. But Yeah, uh, of course. You know, look, Peter, it's been it's been great having you. And not only that, I, I've got to say, is being able to drive it and I, I'm – I'm pleased you allowed me to drive it. Uh, you know, the first well, – I didn't realise that at that stage, but the only one to drive it by you, which I'm really rapt about. And uh, we bought it home in one piece, Peter. Absolutely. Which was pretty good. Absolutely. And, pretty, uh, and I've had a great day. Yeah, we had a great day. Look, thanks for coming on the uh, on the show, Peter, and wonderful miles with that thing. And uh, thank you very much. So, well, thanks, Ari, guys. We, thanks, Pete. We're going to leave it there. All right, and uh, of course you can catch us on the show on Instagram, and uh, and also you can send us an email on at mickanori at gmail And of course, all our listeners, thank you very much for enjoying the show and uh, putting in your comments. So thank you, Ori. Thank you, Peter. And we're going to leave it there. And remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>